Welcome to the Digitalization and Diversity Podcast, where we are exploring the crossroads of two hot topics, digitalization and diversity. My name is Adya and I am your host. Welcome back to the Digitalization and Diversity Podcast. In today's episode, we chat to Jia Chadha on the topic of diversity and digital innovation. Jia has had over six years of experience as a consultant in Accenture with focus on innovation and supply chain transformation. She is very passionate and intrigued by new innovative ideas. And I am personally thrilled to have Jia on the show because I know how important the topic of diversity is for her, having lived in four very distinct parts of the world and imbibing the meaning of a global citizen since childhood. As a result, Jia loves traveling, exploring culture and cuisine, and understanding the history of each city she visits. Welcome, Jia, to the show. I already know a bit about your story so far, but for our listeners to get to know you a bit better, can you elaborate on your background and your career journey and what brought you to your current role? Sure. Hi, Adya. Thank you for having me here. Um, So a bit about myself. Well, I'd like to believe that I have somewhat of a unique journey and I think every little aspect of my life has played a part in where I grew, uh, where I am today. I grew up in Budapest with my dad heading an electronics firm. So that's where I kind of first got uh, the exposure to fun little gadgets that would come in as samples, you know, the first MP3s, MP4s. Uh, touch phones, the tablets that came in, etc. So I always was enamored by them. I wanted to know how this stuff worked, was eager to fix them. And that's how my little 11, 12 year old brain thought that, oh, I want to be an electronic engineer. Well, as much as I loved maths and science through high school, engineering was not the same thing. It was a different ballgame and not as easy as fixing little gadgets. Um, So (laughs) during those four years, I realized that I have this passion to understand technology, but I wanted it more from an outside in view uh, rather than being the core at the core of this uh, technical field. And that's how I decided to pursue my master's in a more generic uh, field such as management. And I specialize in strategy from HEC. And at that point, my intent was to join a technical firm um, or a or an electronic corporate like a Sony or an Apple, which was still very new and innovative at the point and probably, you know, work on their managerial um, front. But as I did my master's, I got interested in consulting um, and got an offer from Accenture Consulting where I joined the innovation and product development team. And that's kind of where my worlds collided. Uh, My passion for innovation, my knowledge of tech, managerial skills that I attained in my master's, um, all of that kind of came together. And that's how I think uh, my journey started and, and took shape. And that's amazing to hear because I can relate so much to the story because what you have shared, I always reflect on similar milestones and decisions, which I have probably also taken during my early career days, building also on my tech background and experiences in the tech industry before moving into the management consulting sector. And I got personally invested in the topic of digitalization when I started consuming information on the topic through different platforms, whether it's reading articles and blogs or listening to podcasts and taking different projects on the topic. And hence, I'm curious to know, how did you get interested in the topic of digitalization and digital transformation in your early career? Um, Yeah, so as I said, like my interest in just tech was from uh, very early on. 
Yeah. Uh, in terms of digitalization, so I joined Accenture in in a team called Innovation Product Development. So I was in within the supply chain consulting. This was a niche uh, team focusing on innovation. Uh, when I joined, I was just a brand new analyst. Um, you know, there isn't always a, a ready project for you to start on in consulting, right? So there was this new senior manager who'd also just moved in from um, Europe. And I was just told that, hey, you know, go speak to him and figure it out. And let's see what, what you can support him with. Um, as it happened, he was just starting on a project, uh, on a Google Glass engagement project for a very high-tech client um, in Europe. And I, I was super excited by it. I was like, wow, Google Glass, it's like the new age thing. And we decided to um, build on that and work on that project. Once we delivered that one successful project, we actually uh, came up with creating our own solution called the Connected Worker. Uh, it's an AR-based solution. Um, and as an analyst, I, I was actually really lucky to be able to file that patent. Um, so it was my first year. And we filed that patent. Um, we were able to travel around the world. And I was able to sell it to you know large clients across telecom, to health, to aerospace. Um, in fact, I even um, had a direct meeting with Angela Merkel, just me as a representative from uh, from Accenture, and spoke to her about how uh, augmented reality can you know change the way uh, way things work in the future. So that was really really exciting for me in my first year, um, and I was like, okay, wow, this you know this is the space I want to be in. Um, and because of my leadership, um, they were able to realize that this is an area that they need to focus on as well. So we set up a, a sub team called uh, digital co-creation. So we focused on topics like drones, 3D printers, AI. It kind of became like this little startup lab uh, environment within within a consulting office. And I was one of the core members of that team. So that's, I think, where the whole interest in that space came up. It, it gave me the ability to get my hands dirty, understand how this different tech works, how it can be applied into business. Um, so a lot of credit in the first two years to my managers and senior managers who gave me, you know, the the confidence to just uh, do whatever I need to understand the space and get excited and then sell it uh, in a business environment. So yeah, that that was my first uh, exposure to digital in the in the professional world. And I think it's always the best when your workplace and activities which you can take in your professional work can be aligned with your own personal interests. And I think that's really great to hear that for you, it worked out that way. And Absolutely. I want to circle a bit back to the theme of the podcast, which is digitalization and diversity. And I feel that both of us have found a place in the consulting sector through different journeys and geographies, mm-hmm. if I can add. Um, yeah. I have a very strong opinion on how digitalization can positively influence diversity in the consulting sector, ranging from enabling more opportunities for diverse people to get into consulting or even creating a more inclusive workplace and improving the relationship with clients, no matter which industry or function you are consulting for. But I would like to get to know your opinion on how does digitalization influence the diversity dimensions in the consulting sector? That's a very interesting question. You know, when I first read the topic of digitalization and diversity, I'm like, wait, how do these two relate? But then the minute you like take a step back and think about it, um, it's very interesting. So I think firstly, it's the the fact that digitalization is a 
so to say, a very inclusive topic, right? It's not something for which there's any preconceived notion or norm. It's not a field which is gender specific or race or culture specific. It's not something that's been existing for long enough. Um, yeah. So there are no barriers, I believe, right? Like it's not it's not a role that people uh, associate with a certain people group. Yeah. Um, and hence, uh, I think it gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of it. Um, as long as you have within you the the um, ability to question, to challenge the current norms, strive to be innovative, you know, everyone has an equal advantage. Um, and just within Accenture, our CEO is Julie Sweet, you know, the CEO of YouTube, IBM, our women. Um, so you really see that anyone who has this appetite to challenge uh, can do equally well. So it's a level playing field for everyone. Uh, if you keep up with the advancements, you succeed. And if you don't, naturally, you are a step behind because that's just the way the world is today. Yeah. So uh, for the first point, yes, I think that workplaces today uh, value this digital innovation approach. Um, and anyone who values it and, and is willing to keep up with it, um, irrespective of race, ethnicity, gender, um, has the ability to succeed. Yeah. So that level playing field is there. Um, so that's that's definitely there. Secondly, as you mentioned, um, it provides enormous flexibility. So consulting, as you and I both know, is a very high pressure job. Um, there are crazy work timings. There's a lot of travel involved at times. Yeah. And it's not always easy, right? Uh, but you have challenges. I mean, females are trying to manage families or multitask 500 other things. Um, there are people living in certain areas of the world where uh, maybe the infrastructure is is not very conducive. Yeah. But when you have all these digital apps like a Zoom or a Teams or, you know, anything that you can kind of access from anywhere, uh, it helps uh, you to be able to manage your workload with your other aspects of your life. Yeah. I know I've been able to run errands and, you know, like... Uh, as as you just as you know that I've recently moved to Dubai, so there was the transition phase where I was still working, and you know you can go you know pay your bills and and do hundred other things all yeah. while being on a Teams call, or, you know push files that may need to be sent via drive quickly from your phone to for a team meeting. Yeah. So I think in that sense it provides flexibility and thereby eliminates all these barriers between gender, geography, cultures. Yeah. Um. So that's the second point. Thirdly, I would also like to add, and I think you touched upon this as well, and it, that's what triggered my thought, is that it's no longer, a con in the consulting world, it's no longer a copy-paste approach, yeah. right? Earlier, I feel like, it's even till five, six years ago, um, when, when I first joined this, uh, this industry, we saw that there was a lot of, um, everything was kind of a cookie-cutter approach, wherein there was a process change or one tool that everyone is embarking on, right? And then you just yeah. pick up that change or you pick up that tool and you just uh, sell it to five other clients. Mm -hmm. Now with the digital space, it's highly um, it's highly adapted to who your client is, what your value prop is, uh, what they really need. Yeah. It's very customized, right? And for that reason, it's no longer just that one back-end guy who creates the solution and one front-end sales guy who sells the solution. You yeah. have to build in your user experience, your design experience, your marketing and sales has to pitch to the right uh, people, convince the right people in the value chain. Yeah. So I think it even encourages corporates to make sure that they hire people who can think from all different perspectives, not just a engineer. You know, but they also need a creative mind and they also need various other uh, kinds of uh, skills that will help yeah. them 
embark on this journey. Yeah. And it's really great to hear so many benefits of visualization towards diversity. And I really like your point, especially on no barriers towards digitalization because i think there is a lot of school of thought regarding digitalization is only for the millennials and the and the gen z generation but actually it's not because as yeah. long as you're curious everybody can be a part of it if i now turn around the perspective and reflect on ways in which having more diversity could influence digitalization what are your thoughts on areas where diversity can benefit uh, digital innovation for this i think uh, it's similar to what i ended with um where i said that you know in order to create a good digital product you need all kinds of um, people to think about it right yeah. you need to consider angles of how will that product integrate with the existing tech it of a firm that you're selling it to how will the corporate uh, white collar receive it how will the blue collar perceive it yeah. so you need minds who can anticipate the reaction of different groups of people yeah. um in fact there's there's this term right user journeys um yes. and design thinking has become such a key buzzword that every time you do anything you need to you need to approach it from a design thinking perspective you need to make sure you map your user journey for different profiles yeah. because if you if you even miss one uh, profile in that entire you know let's say a, a a particular role in a corporate um it's going to create a lot of friction and for some fun, for a completely new digital wave and a digital transformation that these companies are embarking on the experience needs to trickle from bottom up rather than top down right yeah. um so everyone needs to come on board it's not just a one man's decision so uh, yeah you need to keep make sure that you have someone from the management um comms expert side you need someone from your communication plan creative designer people who have the empathy and so i think the best way to do this is to make sure you have a diverse team with different backgrounds different yeah. set of eyes and ears um and the more diverse your uh, thinking set is uh, the more uh, number of people you will be able to reach i really like how you bring in the product perspective right because i see diversity is going much beyond just racial ethnic or socio economic and geographic differences but also personality types and learning styles yeah. and working styles and also a uh, mindset and today we hear a lot about different recruiting teams for example using ai and building algorithms to evaluate biases in recruiting but as you said if you think about the product the algorithm does not work if the designers who actually input the variables have a very homogeneous thought process and exactly. that can actually limit the impact which digitalization can create today and that yeah. also gets me thinking a bit that today we have access to technology and data more than ever and we really live in a world of data and new technologies and innovations keep popping up so how can we better use it to our advantage today i think we're doing already a lot but can you share an example where you have personally benefited from it yes i think data and and technology as you say are uh, are somewhat dated now right like the idea that we have uh, advancements in technology and ample data yeah. um we've we've been aware of that for at least a decade if not more yeah. the question is how do we harness this for our advantage and the data is there the collection is now happening it's funny that we've been collecting it 
in systems but no one's really been processing it or analyzing it yeah. um and i see that in my projects like even now right like the current stuff i'm working on whether it's a demand planning or inventory optimization challenge um you know very very supply chain centric issues you see that the issues are occurring because while firms have all this data and they have all these softwares they're not really doing much out of it yeah. so um a very simple thing that we do is i mean i don't want to oversimplify the the work that me or my team does but literally you're taking that data out of these systems organizing it and then extracting it to make sense of it right and you really come to the root cause of okay you're having this issue because look in your last 10 years this is what history has told you mm-hmm. that root cause analysis is really the essence of everything right and then you can thereby take the proactive measures to uh, reduce that issue or whatever in the future yeah. so it sometimes surprises me that okay why isn't everyone doing this on in the first place uh, but then i guess consultants won't exist so it's it's good that they're not so yeah i think it's just a matter of really now we need to figure out a way of organizing and making sense of this data more than just collecting it because that part yeah. we've accomplished um on a personal level how i've benefited from it um i mean the probably too many examples but i love technology and innovation and i have an app for everything uh, mm-hmm. my family makes fun of me that i give them an app for every problem that they have yeah. but um i think i one of my favorite pieces of technology is the ar vr space mm-hmm. considering that's where i started yeah um and i love exploring how ar vr you know benefits or can benefit us and mm-hmm. when i was moving to dubai um due to the covid restrictions it becomes difficult to travel back and forth right so i was trying to minimize my travel mm-hmm. while trying to select my apartment and select the furniture and all of that and yeah. i found uh, a really cool uh, interior designer uh, website mm-hmm. which allowed me to um, give them the 2d uh, maps of of the blueprint of the house that i was moving into oh, and wow. then they gave me this vr kind of uh, view on terms of how the furniture would look like as i toured it yeah. so i was able to decide 90% of you know what i wanted uh, without even looking at at anything physically Yeah. So I think that was really really cool and I got really excited by it and uh, and I also love I think coming back to just the previous thing also when you said that um you know when you're bringing in technology even the whole training portion is is key now right mm-hmm. so every time we're learning anything about new technologies um I think what's really powerful is how gamification has played a role and I love it like even personally at work uh if i'm given a training that i have to do to you know read or listen to a video versus here's a game and you have to answer these questions um i think that makes it a lot more interactive and it also adds more stickiness in terms of what you're learning yeah yeah so yeah and it's funny like i really like the examples that you brought that yeah how digitalization and use of technologies has helped you when you moved to dubai and that's quite fascinating because I mean we are slowly coming out of the race against the pandemic and I think all of us are figuring out how to work based on let's say how the regulations and how company policies will change with regards to remote work and mm-hmm. my personal opinion is that working from home has not really impacted productivity to a great extent because I think employees save time on commute and depending yeah. on the job uh, a lot of it can be replicated so a lot of the work tasks can be done at home in a similar manner um as it would be done in an office environment um with the same or even better efficiency 
But I do think that what we do need to get better at is communication and collaboration. And that is where digitalization and digital tools can be leveraged. In this context, I would like to understand what are your thoughts on the future of work? I know it is a hot topic. And what is your thoughts on what is the future of work and what does it mean for you? Um, Well, firstly, I hope we're getting out of this pandemic soon. Um, But in terms of uh, future work, I I agree with uh, both aspects that you mentioned. I don't think that we will ever go back um, to working 100% from the office. Mm -hmm. I think consulting was always flexible, right? You were either on site or you're working from home or you you work from office. But I think even other industries have kind of adopted and accepted the fact that it will be more of a hybrid workforce going forward. Mm-hmm. And personally, um, if I had to pick, that's the way I would I would choose it too. Because as you correctly mentioned, it saves a lot of time, um, you know, especially when I was in India. I mean, you can imagine like it took me 45 minutes easily one way. Yeah. For some people, it took up to two hours. Um, and that's just, I mean, it eats up a lot of time of your of your day in terms of work as well as your personal time. Yeah. Um, firms are saving on CapEx costs, travel costs, Um, It's allowing people to become more flexible. I also think that one of the key learnings um, that that this entire virtual world has taught us is in terms of time. Um, So the certain, you know, certain cultures are um, less punctual than others. Let me just put it in that sense. Right. And if you if you have a 3 p.m. meeting, um, you will expect that the the person or the client you're going to meet will only walk in anytime between 3.15 and 3.30. And that's normal in certain parts of the world. Yeah. But, um, you know, when, when you're on a Zoom meeting and if you have a 3 p.m. invite, very rarely will anyone join in more than five minutes uh, later, right? Yeah. So I think yeah. that that's kind of also uh, been put into perspective. Yeah. Um, and I agree it's somewhat frustrating and, and sometimes inconvenient uh, to work from home because you feel like there's no boundary but it's worked for me yeah. um, so I would like to have a model where you can uh, you can work from home but it, you're flexible to still go to office obviously there shouldn't be restrictions like in the world we are today yeah. uh, but you know you should have the ability to go and interact with the team I think that's what I miss the most yeah. but in terms of collaboration I think even on that front, technology has evolved in the last two years because obviously they are also realizing that you need to have whiteboarding sessions, design thinking sessions. We even now do like polls and, and you know, um, all these whiteboarding sticky note activities mm-hmm. via um, via tools such as Mural or yeah. you know, Access. There's so many of these uh, really nice solutions which make collaborative working so much easier so much more sustainable and so much more cost effective. And when it comes to digital transformation, digital innovation, right? I think we talked a lot about how it has created an impact, how it benefits us in so many ways, both on our professional work and our personal lives. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of investment in the area. And I really feel that digital innovation can improve our lives. But when I think about is there a way or how can we better contribute to digital innovation on a personal level? And I want to understand, have you put some thought into it? So is there anything which we can contribute better to digital innovation and to make sure that digital transformation is really something which is being accelerated? That's that's very interesting. And it's it's a tough one. I agree. It's it's definitely does improve our life um, from everything small that we don't pay attention to, to, you know, what 
what's going on in the larger picture in the world yeah. but i think like everything good it can be a boon or a bane right and i think we need to the only thing that we can do as individuals is to respect that the fact that we have such great innovations that allow us to stay connected with family with friends um you know do workshops with clients learn anything about the world instantly Mm-hmm. um so i think we need to respect that and use it to build and share and learn right like if if you what you're doing right now is a great example right bring awareness if you find a really interesting article share it on linkedin or share it with your friends and family because as as we established uh, early on in this conversation it's all about keeping up with the latest trends yeah so i think um yeah one respect what we have uh, appreciate it to um learn from it and thirdly share it just so that everyone is aware of the latest and greatest um and just one thing that that i don't like about um uh, digitalization is the um is the fact that social media is often used to tear people down rather than lift each other up mm-hmm. so that's just a you know small message that i want to maybe leave with in the sense that especially for the younger generation there's a lot more that you can do with digitalization and with mm-hmm. our apps and and everything that we have access to yeah. but it's also prone to get us into trouble yeah. um so let's be aware of that to make sure that there is a safe safe boundary line beyond which you don't cross beyond which you don't share your personal data um you know so that you're not you're not you so it becomes more of a boon than a bane yes i have to say jia i would like to continue but i think we will not stop our conversation because there is so many things to talk about <laughs> but i can just thank you for sharing your ideas with me and also with the listeners and i have really enjoyed our conversation today and i can only wish yeah, you all the very best in your journey thank you so much so that is it for this week's episode of the digitalization and diversity podcast i hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation as much as i did Stay tuned for the next episode where we further investigate how digitalization and diversity influence each other and subscribe to the channel to get the latest updates of new episodes. <music>